T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Face Connecticut. I'm Morgan Cunningham, and we're on WTIC News Talk 1080, Light 100.5 WRCH and 96.5 TIC. Speaking this morning with Senate Republican Leader Kevin Kelly, talking about the legislative session that just wrapped up not too long ago. Good morning, Senator. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Great to be here. Let's start by talking about tax cuts. I think that that's something that so many people across the state really had on their mind. And in fact, uh, we're talking about it last year, uh, late summer, going into the fall, thinking ahead to what was just the legislative session for 2022. Senator Kelly, you've said that it could have been over $1 billion in tax cuts. Passed was around $600 million in cuts. So in your view, could you talk about what you think is missing here? Well, what's missing here is uh, that the taxpayers of the state of Connecticut have been overtaxed $4.8 billion. And it's really unfair for government to continue to hold on to that. What should have been done is to give people not only tax relief, and we offered a $1.2 billion tax cut. It would have been the largest in Connecticut history that the majority voted against. But it was also tax relief that was going to go to families now while inflation is here. It's a record high in the past 40 years. We can need to give the relief today. Instead, you know, the majority voted no to that, turned up their nose, offer only a half of that, $600 million, And most of that is going to come in the form of tax credits next year. Uh, and people need the help today, not then. I mean, they're probably going to need it then, too. But. We know they need help now, and that's really the big distinction between the two plans. Sometimes there's bipartisanship that goes on in creating these bills, and other times not. Were were there compromises? Were there talks with the Democrats about the tax cuts? Uh, Actually, no. Uh, What the Democrats had done all through session was tell us that what we were doing was illegal, improper, and not allowed by federal law under, you know, the ARPA funding, which was the money we got from Washington, D.C. for COVID. We continued to say, look, other states, there were 18 other states, challenged the federal government and claimed that it was unconstitutional, actually won in court. We asked the governor and the attorney general to fight for Connecticut taxpayers and to uh, fight for them in court, and the governor And the attorney general didn't do anything. And we then had to say that if they're not going to act, we will fight for Connecticut taxpayers. 
But time and again, they said that we couldn't do what we were doing. And obviously, uh, you know, the Office of Fiscal Analysis, which is a nonpartisan staff, in other words, they're the objective referees. They came out with a report this week that said, in fact, yes, you could do what the Republicans were offering. It vindicated what our position was. And still, the Democrats, you know, didn't didn't want to do that. And instead, use that four point eight billion to grow the size of government. They increased spending this year over last year, two point three billion dollars. That's almost a 10 percent increase in state spending. And, you know, I think sometimes at the state capitol, they believe that when the government's uh, coffers are full and our bank account is at a statutory high and we're paying down on the state's credit card, that all families across Connecticut are doing that. And unfortunately, in talking with my constituents and neighbors, I recognize that that's just not the case and why we were advocating for tax relief. There were talks last year going back to the summer, thinking about this moment where we could make some kind of tax cut, some kind of tax relief, and yet here it is, the bill passed in both the House and Senate with the majority in the lead there two days before the end of the session. What took so long to get relief? Good question. I mean, we started, as you said, talking about it last summer. And, you know, let's not forget that last Last year, the Democrats were all trying to impose a gas tax that could go anywhere from 10 cents to 35 cents a gallon. And that went all the way through the fall. Uh, We were saying no. We were trying to stop that initiative. And we were uh, lucky to do so because we took the case outside the Capitol Dome and to the people across the state of Connecticut. Then at the end of the year, when we started to see the revenue numbers uptick, we started with a, a $100 million uh, proposal on sales tax. It went to 300 million because, uh, you know, the revenue kept showing better numbers and we started a, a gas tax cut also. And then obviously we came out with the 1.2 billion. And it was very difficult pulling the majority with us because they just don't, it's a different perspective on government. They believe that once they get a tax dollar, it's their job to keep it and spend it where we look at it. And once you have a balanced budget, if you've over-collected from your taxpayers, it's only fair to return that money back to them. I'd like to talk for a few moments about the gas tax holiday. Originally passed, um, it was going to last from April 1 to June 30, and then they came out and said that it's going to be extended, the $0.25 cent per gallon gas tax holiday, through December 1st. Why not December 31st or January 1? Why is it December 1? You know, another good question. I would say it's an election year ploy. You know, when we started this back, like I say, in in January, February, and March, we were always talking about the gas tax holiday, a quarter on a gallon of gas, through the end of the year. And the reason for that was we were told that uh, the inflation is going to be temporary, so let's go through the end of the year and then revisit it then. Now, we've pulled the majority along. Uh, and we got them to look at a gas holiday through June 30th. I think they started to hear from people that why stop it then just in time for people to travel on their summer vacations. So then they extended it through to December 1st. But I think once again, it's the vision. Uh, The majority believes that, you know, they don't want to give up the overcollected tax revenue that they've received from the, the hardworking taxpayers across the state of Connecticut. 
and we view things differently. We have a balanced budget. Let's not ever forget that. We have a balanced budget, a rainy day fund at a statutory high, and we're paying down on the state's debt. Families across Connecticut don't have the same luxury. They don't have a a maxed out 401k. They aren't paying off all their credit cards, and heaven knows they aren't getting pay raises and increases in income. And so when their sacrifice exceeds what government needs, we believe a portion, if not all, needs to go back to them. Speaking this morning on Face Connecticut with State Senate Republican Leader Kevin Kelly, and we will be getting Democratic response on Face Connecticut in the following week. But I do want to say that when we're thinking about the gas tax holiday, it does not apply to diesel. And there are people who are very critical of that. And just looking at the numbers, the diesel tax is about 40 cents per gallon. That's down about a nickel from where it was in previous years. But why is there no gas tax cut on diesel? Another great question. It's part of our plan. Uh, we offered a, a similar you know, quarter uh, cut in the diesel tax, uh, and that was part of our, our package that was voted no by the majority Democrats. Uh, we also included a uh, highway truck tax. There, you know, after we passed that balanced budget last year, the majority passed and the governor signed a bill into law that puts a $100 million tax on trucks that increases the cost of goods across the state of Connecticut, as does the cost of diesel, because that's primarily used by things like agriculture and farms, uh, you know, your local uh, home improvement, a plumber or a carpenter. So when you're shipping goods and services around the state of Connecticut, these are the way it's done. And it increases to the cost, which makes Connecticut more unaffordable. But the interesting thing about the truck tax is that they put the $100 million truck tax and passed it with real no purpose. It wasn't like it was dedicated to a program or an initiative that if you make this sacrifice, we can uh, do X, Y, and Z. It was passed because the majority could. And that's what's most egregious is that's still out there. It's for no other reason other than the Democrats can collect to do a money grab to collect the hundred million dollars from Connecticut families. And once again, I just believe that that's not fair to families, especially when they're struggling with 40-year high in inflation. Your colleague, House Minority Leader Vincent Candelora, is calling the child tax credits one-sided, basically saying that people who have children are maybe eligible to get it, but others aren't eligible to get that kind of a perk, that kind of a benefit. What else do Republicans want to see here? Well, what we'd like to see is uh, obviously something that's going to hit the people who are really struggling. And one of our uh, big pieces, and it was a piece uh, that I know uh, Representative Candelora supported, was a cut in the personal income tax uh, to cut it from 5% to 4% for homes, uh, families of $175,000 or less, as well as uh, individuals earning less than 75000 Those are the real people, the people at the low end of the K-shaped recovery that are struggling. And we were able to target relief to those individuals as opposed to like, for instance, I know the majority is going to talk about a car tax that they've capped. But the car tax cap, for instance, will uh, give somebody who owns a Tesla or a Mercedes or a Jaguar a better uh, and, and bigger tax cut than somebody who owns maybe, let's say, a a 2012 Honda or Chevy. And that's not fair. 
especially when we know people at the top end of the K-shaped recovery are doing well, but the people at the low end, which is most of Connecticut, are not doing as well. And speaking about the car tax, you know, that affects basically 75 municipalities in Connecticut. There are 169 cities and towns in the state. So what about the other more than half? Exactly. I mean, this is, you know, this 40-year inflation is across Connecticut. That is throughout our economy. And let's keep in mind that when it comes to taxation, Connecticut has the second largest burden in the country. Then when you couple that with the fact that we have a sluggish economy where we're dead last in job growth and income growth, we need to do more and and better targeting with our tax cuts. We've done that with the income tax. We also are bringing relief now. Sales tax is another, as well as the gas tax. Anybody who goes and buys a gallon of gas can get it, and that's across the state of Connecticut. And we think a broad-based tax relief that everyone can participate in is the proper way to go. We're talking about the car tax, and that brings me to the property tax. Could you run down what was passed and also what was proposed for property tax relief? Well, yes, I think the majority came in with a $300 million uh, property tax relief. Our initial proposal was a $500 uh, property tax uh, cut, and that's basically for anybody who owns a home. Uh, Those are both credits. Uh, Now, that's a credit that's going to come next year. Uh, After somebody pays their income tax, they can claim that credit to get that I'm going to say relief back. And while we did that, because I think homeowners across the state of Connecticut need help, we also did something that the Democrats didn't, and that's provide the immediate relief now. There are other cuts here, but is this something that's sustainable going into the future? Because people are probably going to think to themselves, well, hey, I like this cut in the state gas tax or whatever other benefit or perk they may be getting. But in future budgets, is that going to be feasible? Well, that's, that's a very good question, because here's, here's the issue. Uh, we were looking at a $1.2 billion tax cut. Uh, there's $4.8 billion in surplus. And what we needed to do, and that was an opportunity to uh, utilize that, those funds to make sure that our budget is sustainable going forward. Instead, what the Democrats did was they gave half of that uh, tax relief and then increase spending this year. They're spending $2.3 billion more this year than they did last year. And that is almost a 10% increase in state spending in one year. That is unsustainable. That is unaffordable. And that is just putting a bigger tax burden on Connecticut families going forward. We had an opportunity to revisit many initiatives in the state of Connecticut and make sure that the taxpayer sacrifice was respected. And that's one thing that that wasn't done. State lawmakers are getting their first pay raise in over 20 years, basically putting it into the low 40s, call it a $12,000 raise. There is some agreement on both sides of the aisle that this will help prevent retirements, that this will boost retention and recruitment efforts. What are your comments on that? Well, as far as lawmaker retention, I I can say that this year uh, what we're seeing in our candidate recruitment is a lot of energy, a lot of excitement. We have a a number of really good quality 
uh, candidates. I, we're finding it easier uh, to find candidates. And when you see who we have, it's going to be very reflective of what Connecticut is. And we're going to have, you know, uh, men, women. Uh, we're going to have all, all, you know, it's going to look like Connecticut. And the fact of the matter here is we're not having that difficulty. Uh, the people who are having difficulty are families across Connecticut struggling uh, with the unaffordability of Connecticut. And that's what we need to change. And, you know, when you look at the statistics, uh, Connecticut's near dead last in job growth, dead last in income growth. If the people of Connecticut aren't doing better financially, how can you reward government itself? That doesn't make sense. If this was a, a, a New York Yankee baseball team, you wouldn't reward the manager uh, and the team with raises if they're finishing in last place and neither should government. Looking at state employees, the CBAC unionized state employees, over 46,000 workers getting 2.5% general wage increases, basically $3,500 bonuses, um, and those wage increases going through 2024. Other states like Arizona are also offering pay raises to employees to stay competitive over private sector. Is this an issue that's on Republican um Watch list, basically? Absolutely. I mean, once again, when we heard the majority talk about the budget, they talked about that a budget is about your views and your priorities. And it tells a lot about what kind of government you have. All you have to do is look at where the money is spent. And what the majority decided to do was give $1.9 billion in pay increases to uh, 46,000 state employees. They're giving 600 million, only about a third of that, to Connecticut tax to the 3.6 million taxpayers. And so obviously the majority feels better about giving help to government itself. And that also includes a $3,500 bonus rather than to the hardworking taxpayers. What's also interesting is that it was couched at this $3,500 was necessary, the bonus, for people who worked through the pandemic, who worked for the state through the pandemic. And in this case, that uh, uh, $3,500 bonus uh, comes out to be somewhere in the neighborhood of about $150 million. On the other hand, the folks who actually show, and, and this is for like DMV line workers, backroom bureaucrats who are counting, you know, the the receipts and the beans and things of that policy analysts, people who didn't show up. On the other hand, when we look at the essential workers, people like nurses, firemen, teachers who actually had to show up to work in the face of COVID, dealing oftentimes with individuals infected with the virus, they're getting 30 million. And when you look at how many more there are there, the $3,500 for a state line worker, backroom bureaucrat, versus what's going to turn out to be maybe a couple hundred bucks for people who put their lives in harm's way. I think those priorities were uh, were skewed and and uh, could have been better to give more to the line to the people who actually were in uh, harm's way during COVID. One other huge issue that came up 
in addition to tax cuts this year, was combating juvenile crime and uptick in crime in Connecticut. There was a measure that just passed in both the Senate and the House to deal with crime, specifically dealing with juvenile crime. But is that enough at this point in time? Do you expect that there will be another conversation down the line on cracking down further? Well, we have to, it's not so much cracking down. I mean, what we dealt with yesterday was uh, the the issue of juvenile justice uh, and the symptoms of crime. In other words, what to do with an individual once they've become attached to the system or they have been apprehended in the first place. And so what we need to do is look at this holistically. When we got out uh, and, and started working on this last summer, we didn't stay in the Capitol and, and at the LOB and talking with other, I'm going to say, politicians. What we did instead was we looked at the issue and then got out and went out across Connecticut, talked to stakeholders, victims, families, community leaders, social workers, public defenders, police chiefs, law enforcement, uh, prosecutors, and, and talked with people who are involved in the process. And what we found and what they told us was that you need a global uh, review to look at not only the symptoms, which is what we addressed in the juvenile justice bill, but also to look at how to avoid, you know, people uh, being involved in crime in the first place. And that would include things like mentorship, better jobs. I mean, a stronger Connecticut starts with a with a more successful and prosperous Connecticut where people can get good paying jobs and our youth would have hope and opportunity before them and an alternative. And when you look at the manufacturing jobs in the state of Connecticut, you can get a six figure job, but they have to get involved in the process sooner and earlier in order to accomplish that. Senate Republican leader this morning on Face Connecticut, Kevin Kelly. We have had a great conversation, and it could go much longer as well. But I think one of the last questions I have for you, do you foresee a special session between now and the next regular legislative session? And kind of going into the future, what are some of the big issues that need to be tackled in your eyes? Well, I think, uh, you know, who knows uh, what's next and and what the majority is, is going to do. I know we passed the budget, the implementer, and most of the bills that are necessary. So uh, who knows? I can't foresee whether we'll have a special session or not. Uh, the things that I think we, we need to continue to look at is the accountability. Taxpayers make a sacrifice for their budget, for their government. And one of the things we know is that there was some alleged uh, misappropriation of COVID funds in West Haven, as well as uh, some school construction uh, improprieties. And so we need to start to look at the accountability of when people make the sacrifice to send their hard-earned tax dollars to Hartford, that the government actually uses it for its intended purpose. We ask the legislature to get involved in this. We ask the legislature to make sure that the Administrate the executive comes to us and accounts and that audits are conducted. We were supposed to have answers back in, in April. We haven't gotten them yet. And I think uh, what we the people needed to restore faith was a swift and strong uh, reaction to what was going on. We aren't getting that. 
And I think the longer it's delayed, I think the less faith and trust people will have in the government. And that's not a good thing. Uh, so I think accountability uh, is going to be uh, front and center, as well as looking at ways to not only deal with the symptoms of crime, but also get at the root cause, because everybody wants uh, a safer Connecticut. Senate Republican Leader Kevin Kelly, I really appreciate your time this morning on Face Connecticut. Thank you. You bet. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And next week, we get response from State House Speaker Matt Ritter getting his thoughts on the 2022 legislative session. I'm Morgan Cunningham. This has been Face Connecticut. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.